the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning. Welcome to The George Show. I'm Jimmy Sangenberger in for George Brockler. Very curious now about this newfangled setup of, oh, we're on camera while we host Bill Thorpe. This is a new one for me, just as it is for a lot of people. Although I will say I've done on-camera stuff. I've hosted a web show in partnership with The Washington Examiner and whatnot, but that's a little different for me, being yeah, I, on the radio in this circumstance. I, I question the decision-making involved in this process. <laughs> you know, uh, I think that this was uh, not done. It was either done at a bar late at night or uh, by people that don't actually view us regularly. Like there's, there's a reason that we're on the radio. There's even worse, the TV thing. what if it's people oh, who don't regularly listen to the show yeah. and we're at a bar exactly. and cooked up the idea? <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. It just seems like a really, really bad idea by... By somebody that you know was in some sort of meeting and had to come up with something and say, we've got to have some sort of a new idea, and that this was it. This was then like again, the, uh, yeah. there are a lot of bad ideas out there. Um, and maybe this one will work out. Yeah. Sometimes you know, bad ideas turn into good ideas. Yeah, sometimes. You know, hey, it's not FTX yet, so who knows? That's yeah. true. We no. will talk about FTX. Yeah. This is crazy. That cryptocurrency firm that has, is going bankrupt – their CEO and founder, Sam Bankman-Fried, was arrested just yeah. before he was supposed to testify yesterday before Congress. And it's like, huh, what in the world is going on there when you're getting ready to give testimony before the United States House of Representatives in a committee that was prepped, that was ready to go, and then the feds arrest you and work out their arrangement with the Bahamian authorities, because that's where he's been living. This SBF, as he's known, has been living in the Bahamas. And bada boom, bada bing, they work out an arrangement and he's been arrested. Yeah, well, they knew where he was going to be. They they grabbed him. I'm pleased that he is going to be uh, charged because I think too many times people in this situation are allowed leeway because, you know, it's a lot of money involved, et cetera. And so I like the idea. He seems to be the next incarnation um, incarnation of Bertie Madoff. He seems to be that. It just seems to be just a giant Ponzi scheme. One of the things that struck me was um, the CEO that is now going through the books, and he's the same guy that went through Enron after it collapsed and mm-hmm. such. He said this is probably the worst that he's ever seen in, in a company as far as bookkeeping, and he was surprised – they used QuickBooks. In fact, we have the clip. Quick, QuickBooks, let's go, yeah. Let, let's jump right ahead oh and, God, and please, play this. Just that. listen to this. Former Enron, uh, the guy who was brought in to oversee Enron during that whole debacle, now brought in to oversee FTX. And this is what he said in testimony before Congress yesterday. The FTX group is unusual in the sense that, you know, I've done probably a, a dozen large, you know, scale bankruptcies over my career, including Enron, of course. Uh Every one of those entities had some financial problem or another. Uh, they have some characteristics that are in common. Uh, this one is unusual, and it's unusual in the sense that literally, you know, there's no record keeping whatsoever. It's the absence of record keeping. Employees would communicate 
you know, invoicing and expenses on, on Slack, which is, you know, essentially a, uh, you know, a way of communicating right. for chat rooms. Uh, they use QuickBooks, a multi-billion dollar company using QuickBooks. QuickBooks? QuickBooks. Uh, <laughs> nothing against QuickBooks. It's a very nice tool, just not for a multi-billion dollar company. Uh, there's no independent board, right? We, we had one person really controlling this. Uh, no independent board. That's highly unusual in a size company this is. And it's made all more complex because we're not dealing with, you know, widgets or, you know, or something that's tangible. We're dealing with, with, with crypto. And, and the techn technological issues are made worse when you're dealing with an asset uh, such as crypto. I mean, Bill, yeah. I am still <laughs> struggling to really understand how cryptocurrency works and as you well know, I used to host a business show yeah. when Salem owned a business station. You were my producer <laughs> yep, exactly. for two and a half years. Yeah. And I still struggle with it. But but basically, we are talking about more complex kind of financial instruments. And the thing that makes this so whacked out and crazy, even beyond some of the personalities involved, is the use of QuickBooks for a multi-billion yeah. dollar company. I love how, you know, I don't know who the, the, the lawmaker was, but I love how surprised she was. She's like, QuickBooks? <laughs> like, like, wait a minute. It's, it's kind of like my, my daughter uses that for her little flower shop kind of a thing. And so it's like that's what they're using. The thing that surprised me the most was this is an investment firm. Yes. And I don't know. It, it seems that one of the first two things you'd want to do when running an investment firm would have a list of the customers and a list of the money they invested. And the second thing would be a list of where you put the money and where you invested it. It just, just out of the top of my head. I mean, I'm, I am not a financial genius by any way, shape, or form, but that seems to be pretty important. And the fact they had neither is really, really scary, which shows how really seat of the pants this has been. And it's been interesting because you and I, when we did work together on Business for Breakfast, Everyone talked about, no, no, this is the new thing, and we shouldn't have the regulations because it's the regulations that are constraining the financial strength of the markets. That was the argument, that we cannot have any guardrails on this I don't think anybody to grow. was arguing that well. there should be no guardrails. It was that you should be cautious and limited, whereas in this case, you don't even have any. Well, I would say that there were people that were arguing against any regulation at all inside of that market, that we shouldn't have to verify certain investments, you shouldn't have to verify certain totals, and also some of the bookkeeping. They were they didn't want to be held to some of the same financial rules that other investment portfolios and other investment vehicles were. And that's where I say by no guardrails. They didn't want to play by the same game because they said it was going to constrain their ability to make money. Well, yeah, because then it doesn't allow you to make a Ponzi scheme. I so mean, it makes it I would difficult. still quibble yeah. with the idea of no, but your point is still well taken. And here you have an example of especially on something newfangled that people are – I mean, here's the big thing about FTX. <clears throat> what they did was use celebrities like Tom Brady and Larry David, and the list goes on. Remember, they had a massive Super Bowl commercial yeah. with Larry David that honestly was really hilarious. Yeah, it was good. But it misled so many people who now are completely screwed because the thing about the cryptocurrency industry or whatever you want to call it is that you don't have that FDIC protection. If your investments sources go belly up, 
you can't go and cash in and get the money or, you know, then you end up with a classic run on the banks kind of scenario, which is exactly what happened. And what FTX was doing with this SBF, Sam Bankman Freed, was taking money that had been invested by Peter, shall we say, to pay Paul, particularly their Alameda research firm, which is an affiliated trading firm and some other sources as well. But basically, it was using investor dollars to cover other positions or other companies that you had stakes in. They had yeah. stakes in. And, and the thing that you and I always talked about with crypto and working on uh, Business for Breakfast was the fact that in many ways, crypto only succeeded as long as people in the market felt it had value because it is just a blockchain technology, which blockchain has a lot of really, really good uses, but it is just a series of code that is strung together. And then we're saying that that in and of itself has value. And now we, we take these little, you know, pieces of paper here. I'm show the camera. We take these pieces of paper and we agree these little green pieces of paper with dead guys' pictures on them are worth money. And we exchange them for value because we agree on this type of an economy. That's right. But... It is more amorphous when you're talking about just a string of blockchain numbers and digits and letters, and that somehow is going to represent money, and we're going to exchange it one way or another. That, for me, is a little more difficult to wrap my head around yeah. because I can at least hold the piece of paper. Even if, even if it doesn't mean exactly. anything, I can at least hold it as tangible. And to me, even if I don't, even if it goes kaput, Tomorrow, and all of a sudden, these little green pieces of paper aren't worth a thing. At least I can burn it for heat or something. I can wallpaper the you know the room. You got something to do with it. if necessary. Yes. Yeah, and then the digital thing for me is just it just evapor- evaporates. It's just gone, and that's where I think it is difficult for many people, including the dullness like myself, to wrap their heads around the idea that we are exchanging something that does not exist in the real right. world and giving it value. Now, there are a lot of folks who are saying. This may be a bad sign for the broader idea of crypto because there are various types of so-called cryptocurrencies, but Bitcoin is okay. Bitcoin is still risky because you can see those massive swings in Bitcoin, but it's at least something you can invest in generally safely in terms of the vehicles that you use, the exchanges, and then you can access those that currency when you want to, and it's something that's been... To the extent crypto's been tried and true, tried and true for over a decade now. I think there's some merit to that for folks to say, okay, maybe Bitcoin, but I mean, I'm not invested in any sort of, of cryptocurrencies. And I think it, it's a risk no matter what. But I do get the sense from folks when they say crypto, broadly ri- extra risky, Bitcoin, just know you may have excessive valuations but it's relatively safe as far as knowing what you're doing and being able to count that you'll be able to get your money back. Yeah, and and, and I understand that that people you know have have some security inside of Bitcoin because of the stability of the market. But in in theory, you and I also the little green piece of paper that we deposit into our you know we have a paycheck that is automatically mm-hmm. deposited and then we go and we buy things online and then you take your little plastic card and the card allows you to swipe things at the store. So in many ways. Our little green pieces of paper are already a digital form of currency. Yes. The thing that I that makes me skeptical on the cryptocurrency is 
the volatility. It's it's a lack of consistency. Mm-hmm. And to me, that volatility shows me that it is going to be very difficult to make it as a form of exchange because if what I exchange with you is worth X in the morning and it takes a significant either dip or increase by the afternoon, whatever I've just paid for either loses a tremendous amount of value or increases. And either I've underpaid or overpaid all of a sudden. And that becomes difficult for me to figure right. out how to spend that in the marketplace. Like, I think yeah. you're absolutely right. But the thing, Bill, that that I'm sort of getting at is more with Bitcoin – it seems like you can more reliably make the call for yourself and understand that the primary risk is volatility. But if you're going through some of these exchange companies that are like, uh, you know, in the, that might be reinvesting yeah. your dollars to get you a bigger return or you are looking at Ethereum or other cryptocurrencies that that's where you get a risk that is more than just the volatility that yeah. you can – I mean, the, there's no FDIC. It, again, if your investment goes belly up for you to be able to say, hey, I'm going to cash in on this like you could a bank, for example. Yeah, absolutely. And that, and it was, and you, were, you and I were in that kind of crypto and it was rising in the bubble. It was interesting because everybody was coming out with their own cryptocurrency. Yes. Was, that was the thing. Is, you got a cryptocurrency. Yeah, You've exactly. got a cryptocurrency. And, yeah. And, and I kind of sit there thinking, I'm sorry, but if I can just invent my own currency, um, I think that's just questionable. If that is what we are doing in the marketplace and that is the vehicle and that's what we're going to say we're going to invest in and we can just – Create a new one and just say, yeah. "Now this is the one I'm going." I have a little bit of question in that. I, 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 I don't think that's a. I don't think it's a safe market, but that's just me. I want to put FTX into perspective with yeah. some help from Alexa, who, of course, always sends in great texts. Oh, she's wonderful. Uh, she said, "Yep, bad record keeping. Employees submitted expense reports over chat, in particular, yeah. using this program called Slack that they use in the tech industry." A random manager would accept or reject those reimbursements with an emoji. Yeah. Very few records were kept. Most decisions were made over chat with messages automatically deleted after a certain time. And FTX had no cash management system. Maybe that's in part because you weren't dealing with cash in the same way. But no, not really, because you look at QuickBooks. They were using yeah. QuickBooks and they were using all these tools that that you shouldn't be using in if you're a big investment firm like this, talking billions of dollars, but approving expense reports over a chat system with emojis. Oh, yeah. It's stunning. It and, is. and then you had and we'll talk about this more in the next segment, but this is just astonishing to me. You had the testimony that was supposed to be given by SBF the CEO and founder of FTX, and he ends up not giving it because instead he's arrested. And I'm wondering what you think that was about. I've got some thoughts of my own. We've got a couple clips on this as well. But we'll see what happens moving forward if he ever does end up testifying and what takes place. But I want to play one clip. I didn't realize that Breitbart had a finance guy and actually a decent finance guy over at Breitbart, this guy named John Carney. And just take a listen to him putting into perspective 
what exactly we saw with FTX and how it's even worse than he thought. This was very unusual. Normally, what you would do is you would invite somebody, get them sworn in, get them testifying to Congress, mm-hmm. and then you might get perjury charges against them as well. Why go after oh, him the day before? It, did, it didn't make any sense at all. It is far worse than I thought. What the SEC complaint, which is, has a lot more information in it than uh, anything else we've seen so far, makes it clear that he was taking money, commingling accounts from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. This isn't something that just happened in 2022. He said, oh, I had a bad month. But the SEC alleges that he has been dipping in for his own personal benefit since 2019. Let's just say, Bill, that if you start your investment firm off commingling funds, it probably ain't going to work out so well in the end. Yeah, not at all. And and again, it's, it's what you're allowed to do. That, that was part of it is, is they were pretending like it was the Wild West and that some of the basics involved in finance didn't apply to them because they were on the forefront of this new technology. It's like, no, no, no. I, I'm pretty sure that, again, as we talked about early on, the basics of the investment company is – you need to have a list of the people you took money from, and then you need a list of where you put the money. I mean, just just at the bottom level, and the fact that that didn't even exist. I'm really curious if I was able to ask SBF a question, I would look at that and go, what were you going to do when someone came to you and asked for their money? Well, what, what exactly were you going to do? How, how are you going to solve that problem? I I don't know. This this is And how did he also, how did he go out and buy all this stuff? How did he get the, the, you know, how was he able to purchase all of these things? Was he just taking the cash from the individuals yeah. and just stealing it outright? Or was he trying to put it into some investment vehicles, that Alameda investment firm that he had? I'm just curious about where that money went and how. I would love to see that. Well, what's fascinating, too, his yeah. right-hand woman, Miss Ellison, oh, yeah. and SBF yeah. are both children of college professors. Yeah. Academics. And and very qualified yes. academics, yes. academics. Then and it looks like the the the, the woman you're talking about. I forgot her name. Yeah, is um, it is it Allison or I Christine? Yeah. I think it's Christine or something. Allison. Yeah, that, yeah, that she uh, her parents really helped her um, in math and computer science and things, and really kind of pushed her and and gave her these opportunities. Caroline, Caroline, there, there we, we go. go. And they, so they gave her all these opportunities. And in both cases, it seems like they were able to nurture their child's love of information and learning. And then something along the way went wrong. It's really weird. Yeah. It's it's really the... You gotta wonder. Yeah. Well, we're gonna take a break here in just a moment. Um, and when we come back, we'll talk about the legality of this, the arrest that thwarted the testimony before Congress. But let me tell you how you can get in touch with the program. 303-696-1971 is our telephone number. You can text into the show on the 710KNUS app on your smartphone. You can also tweet at me. I'm at saying center. That's saying with an E, not an A, center on Twitter. And a couple ways you could email yours truly directly. Of course, Jimmy Sangenberger in for George Brockler. If you go to 710knus.com and you go to the Jimmy Sangenberger show page, you can sh- shoot me an email there. Of course, I host the Jimmy Sangenberger show Saturday mornings from 6 to 9 here on 710knus. And then there's my website, jimmysangenberger.com. And you can keep in mind one thing. There's no A, I, or U in Sangenberger. It's all ease all the time. Once you know that, Sangenberger is 
easy. And there's a contact page right there. So lots of ways to get in touch with the program. We've got lots coming up as well. In the third or fourth hour, we will be joined by a couple of Iranian-American immigrants who came here from Iran 40, 30 to 40 years ago. We're going to talk with them about what's been happening in Iran, the significant protests that, I mean, some are calling a revolution. This is a bigger protest since anything since at least 2009. And there was an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal yesterday from a couple of foreign policy gurus saying this could lead to the toppling of the Iranian regime. What is actually going on here and what's the potential for that? We will talk with two special guests here in studio on that very subject in the 8 o'clock hour. We will also be joined at the top of the next hour by Aurora Mayor Mike Kaufman. I know George spent a lot of time yesterday having a great conversation about homelessness and the issues of concern with Mayor Mike Kaufman vis-a-vis Douglas County and so forth. We will get Mayor Kaufman's thoughts on where things stand right now at 7.05. We've got many other topics to dive into as well. 303-696-1971 is our telephone number. I'm Jimmy Sangenberger in for George Brockler. Keep it right here on Denver's local talk leader. News Talk 710 KNUS. I hope you're able to come home for Christmas. Merry Christmas, one and all. Getting close. We are 10 days away from Christmas Eve. I cannot believe it. Jimmy Sangenberger in for George Brockler here on News Talk 710-KNUS. Gotta love the Eagles rendition of Please Come Home for Christmas. The Wall Street Journal news piece yesterday quotes the chairman of the Securities and Exchange Securities Exchange Commission, Gary Gensler, saying the following about the CEO of this FTX cryptocurrency company, Sam Bankman Fried, who, by the way, is the second largest donor to the Democrats in this past election cycle. Sam Bankman Fried built a house of cards on a foundation of deception while telling investors that it was one of the safest buildings in crypto. And not only did he tell investors this, folks, this is my addition, so did Tom Brady, so did Larry David. I need to pull up the the list. Uh, Giselle did so as well, Tom Brady's now ex-wife. There's a long list of famous people who clearly didn't do any due diligence, which, by the way, shouldn't this, Billy, shouldn't this send a message to people that if celebrities endorse something, like, and you see a lot of celebrities endorsing something, you might want to do a little bit more due diligence because that could actually be a bad sign for whatever they're promoting. The thing for me is that anytime I see that kind of an endorsement, I have to understand that that individual is getting paid yes. 
in order to deliver that message. Exactly. And so it's a trust issue. So do I trust that celebrity? Yes. But again, I go back to Ronald Reagan. Trust but verify. So if you are interested because the celebrity says this is a great idea, good. But go out there and just do the 30 seconds worth of work to type in the company or product name and put reviews Put you know be you know put put the idea of you know has have there been complaints? Just take a minute to look as to whether or not it, it lives up to what the advertising is. Because just remember, the advertising is trying to make the product look incredible. It's it's like the uh, oh Mitch Hedberg, the uh, um, comedian that passed away way too early. He talked about the idea that the reason you only saw a thirty second commercial for an above ground pool is because that is the amount of time you can have fun in an above-ground pool. <laughs> After 30 seconds, there's nothing left. It's like, what are you going to do? Do I throw the ball back to Jimmy? You're going to the water and look at his feet. That's it. There's nothing else. So that's the idea. So understand. So, yeah. You know. So this is the thing, though. You would think that it, with something as complex as cryptocurrency, I could see a lot of people just thinking, look at the sheer number, and I'm pulling up a list here, the sheer yeah. number of celebrities who are endorsing, they can't all be just doing it simply for money. They have to have some sort of credibility behind oh, it. Yeah. Otherwise, so many people wouldn't do it. Here's a list. Tom Brady, Steph Curry, David Ortiz, Naomi Osaka, Shaquille O'Neal, Udonis Haslam, Trevor Lawrence. Of oh, course, those is, are just the athletes. It is difficult <clears throat> because the idea of, you know, that's, that's, that's the... It's the need for belonging, that if everybody else is doing this, they yes. must know something you don't. And so you don't want to be left out. So you think this group, because it is so large, they must know something that you don't. However, always two things when you have that idea of wanting to belong to the group. Remember these two things. One, there are a whole lot of Las Vegas Raiders fans out there that doesn't make them right. Also, there are a whole lot of people in the last election that voted for the candidate that you didn't want. That doesn't make them smarter than you. So remember that, that the idea that just because your candidate lost or just because someone else is cheering for the other team and there are lots of those fans, it doesn't mean that they're cheering for the right thing That's or that they're point. making a good decision. Well, and, and hopefully this will sow the seeds of healthy distrust or that trust but verify yeah. Reagan attitude that you just referenced for people – when they want to trust what celebrities are doing, if there are a lot of celebrities, don't just take that as, oh, this means there must be something going on here that looks good because Tom Brady and Giselle and Larry David and Shaquille O'Neal and the list goes on. They're all on this SBF FTX train. Don't just trust it or, or take their word for it. And hopefully this is a good lesson for people about believing celebrities and what celebrities are saying, especially when they're trying to sell a product or a service to yeah. you. And, and also, uh, you know, the um, FOMA, fear of missing <clears throat> out. Uh, so FOMO. So the idea of you know, people wanted to get into crypto at certain times because they were afraid of missing out. And there were stories when we when you and I were working together about people that would take their entire life savings and dump it into just one of the cryptocurrencies. And when that one tanked, they were sunk. I mean, they didn't even in the early stage of crypto, even if you were going to invest all in crypto, you at least should diversify to different types of crypto. Right. Well, but people were doing that. And there's one other point I think is worth making about celebrities. I mean, or, or, or people doing endorsements. You have radio hosts. 
Yeah. On this station, we do endorsements. It's it's the thing in radio. Yep. But here's the thing about, say, endorsements by folks in KNUS is you know that they are able to interface directly with and get to know the people, the sponsors that are advertising on the station. You also have the opportunity to do due diligence. The sales team or account executives are doing due diligence. Great team over on the other side of the hall. And and you can trust that word, that that. Word is your bond when you are a host on this station doing that advertising and, well, and talking about I think a sponsor. What's, what's interesting about the hosts I've worked here and elsewhere in, in radio is um, you can tell the ones that just take the paycheck. You can tell the ones yeah. that do the work. And the ones that I've worked with here, both you know, Peter and, and yourself and, uh, and George, they dive into who the advertiser is. They want to make sure because, I mean, Pete Boyles has the story of a time in which they were selling a whole bunch of uh, – they were like early versions of uh, lock boxes and security boxes, but it was outside of a bank, and the dude stole everything. And Pete's like, ooh. After that, I have to do a little bit more work than to just say, oh, yeah. he's going to pay us. He's going to give us a paycheck. Exactly, exactly. 303-696-1971 is our telephone number if you want to join in to the festivities. Jimmy Sangenberger in for George Brockler. So this guy, SBF as he's known, Sam Bankman-Fried, the CEO and founder, now former CEO and founder, of FTX, this cryptocurrency firm, he was supposed to testify, but then he was arrested in the Bahamas. And that thwarted his testimony, which is going to be remote, was going to be remote. And Kevin McCarthy, the soon-to-be Speaker of the House, was on Fox Business yesterday providing some reaction that wasn't too happy about it, it seemed. Kevin, do you think it was, uh, I mean, the U.S. attorney deliberately uh, pulled this off, you know, made the charges, got the Bahamian authorities to put him in custody so he would not testify today? I mean, are you inferring that? I'm not inferring, but it, everybody knew he was going to testify. I mean, the, the chairman of the committee, the ranking member, last night it was set that he would testify now. It's interesting that this was taken up. I'm not going to refer anything, but after reading what we found now from the Twitter files and others, it at least, I believe, it would be important to ask the question, did anybody know, was there any action taken? I don't know what to trust anymore from this perspective. Why would they, when all of his money goes to Democrats, why would they want him not to have to answer these questions? Why yeah. wouldn't you want the American public to know? Now, to be clear, uh, it, it didn't all go to Democrats. He, it did go through to Republicans through other vehicles. But he was the number two, Binkman Freed, was the number two donor to the Democrats. He primarily gave to Democrats. And he was doing so especially to virtue signal, in essence, is what he has admitted to and playing the game. Because he was seeking certain types of regulatory packages in Congress, which is rather interesting, isn't it? When, and, and especially when you see them go belly up and say, oh, we got to declare bankruptcy and let's bring in the guy who was brought in to oversee Enron to oversee FTX. 303-696-1971 is our telephone number. Before we run to our break, let's go to Gary in Denver. Good morning, Gary. How are you? Hi, Jimmy. Uh, 
Thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. I wanted to ask you a question. I've done a lot of research, and I cannot find the answer to this basic question about the nature of cryptocurrency. So here it is. At the beginning of time, there was no cryptocurrency. Someone decided, I'm going to create cryptocurrency. So initially, someone needed to fund the cryptocurrency, basically exchange cash for these cryptocurrencies in order to get the ball running. Can you explain to me who did that and when it occurred and what was the dollar amount? Gary, that is a really good question. I do not know the answer to that question. What I do know, at least to some extent, is that this is... I, or I don't know this, but what I think to some extent is that it began as something through this blockchain technology that is more secure that you have. You're not able to, as I understand it, you're not easily able to just, you know, you forget your password. You're kind of SOL, as they say. You need to know your logins, et cetera, in order to access it. It's more secure in, a, in one sense. There's more security to it. But I, I think what they, they did was create this concept of a cryptocurrency, and then they got people to buy into the idea and to put money in in order to generate this notion of value. How that actually went about, I don't know, but it has to be people saying, you know what, I think this makes sense, so let's give a monetary value to this and actually participate in the in the in this concept of cryptocurrency. And the reason, uh, and I understand, you know, blockchain is basically a complex equation that's yeah. secure. Uh, but the reason why I'm trying to figure out who the initial investors is, I could see that was the beginning of a plan to basically run this Ponzi scheme, and they knew hmm. that they would get out before it all happened. Hmm. But for the life of me, I can't. I've, I've Googled, I've YouTubed. And I cannot find that an answer to that question. You know, Gary, hey, I appreciate it. I'm going to look into that a little bit more. Thank you for the call. I would say that this isn't – I'm not so sure that this would have begun, say, Bitcoin in particular, which I believe is the original cryptocurrency, or at least it's, it's one of the originals, and it's the one that has borne out most successfully – I don't think that that was intended as a Ponzi scheme so much as a way to exchange value, some kind of currency that avoids the eye of the government. This was intentional. This is why you had the libertarian-minded folks who were the first to get involved, really, in crypto because they didn't want the eye of the government on what they were doing. They wanted something that was away from the traditional monetary system for one reason or another. And now that's coming back to bite them because it has expanded in such a dramatic way. Then you have something like FTX where they have a multi-billion dollar bankruptcy and you have thousands of people who will not get their money back full stop because there is no FDIC. There is no regulation of any kind in this space. What do you make of that? They go into this because they don't want the regulation, because they don't want the watchful eye of government, and then the absence of any form of government regulation helps, at least it seems, to bring about significant loss of money. 
303-696-1971 is our telephone number. You can also text into the show on the 710 KNUS app on your smartphone. I'm Jimmy Sangenberger in for George Brockler. Keep it right here on Newstalk 710 KNUS. Good morning, Jimmy Sangenberger in for George Brockler here on News Talk 710 KNUS, our number one flying by. I'm going to surmise the next three will as well. Good to be with you as we've been talking about this fascinating story regarding the cryptocurrency exchange firm FTX, where its CEO, former CEO, Sam Bankman-Fried, known as SBF, and his compatriots at the company, including this Caroline Ellison, were really engaging in what seems to be, as one listener described, a con job Ponzi scheme, where they use the likes of Tom Brady, Larry David, Shaquille O'Neal, the list goes on for famous Hollywood celebrities and athletes that clearly couldn't resist the paycheck to advertise for FTX. And what FTX was basically doing was taking the bets that people were placing on cryptocurrency and billions of dollars worth in this firm and then spending a lot of those proceeds on other things. Like, for example, to pay the expenses and debts of Alameda Research, an affiliated trading firm. And they would approve expense reports with emojis using chat. And they went through QuickBooks, as we learned from the guy who was brought in to oversee Enron, is then brought in to oversee FTX. And he said they used QuickBooks in a multi-billion dollar firm, something he'd never seen before. And the chairman of the FEC, SEC, Security Exchange Commission, Gary Gensler said Sam Bankman Freed built a house of cards on a foundation of deception while telling investors that it was one of the safest buildings in crypto. Well, he was arrested, SBF, just in the last day or two in the Bahamas where he had been living, which should be a red flag, shouldn't it? Your investment guru is based in the Bahamas? Just just saying, just wondering. But when he was arrested, that made it impossible for him to do the testimony he was supposed to give before Congress. Here's Professor Jonathan Turley on that on Fox News. Well, this is the first time in my memory that prosecutors, rather than a defense attorney, stop someone from making self-incriminating statements. Uh, this was a windfall opportunity for the prosecutors. He was willing to go forward with hours of rather hostile cross-examination on every detail in the case. Why wouldn't you want that to happen? That's all admissible. He hadn't been arrested. 
Uh, and yet they decided to move this rather quickly, uh, have him arrested just before he was going to take that step. He's already done great harm to himself, in mm-hmm. my view, as a criminal defense attorney, uh, with his public statements. But this was going to be absolutely overwhelming in terms of its benefits for the prosecutors if they let him go forward. So it left a lot of us scratching our heads. I mean, why, why would you do that? Uh, you could just wait for a day. Uh, Maybe they'll explain that. But they really did him something of a favor here uh, by moving the schedule forward. Uh, Because he may have just wrapped, if he had been testified, he could have wrapped up the case against himself. That raises a big question. Why in the world did they arrest him now and not allow him to go through the testimony? I don't know. There is that conspiratorial piece that says the Democrats who controlled the committee didn't want him to testify because there would have been questions asked by Republicans about campaign donations. But I don't know that that's really what the feds were thinking about when they held off on this testimony and arrested him instead. I'm Jimmy Sangenberger, Mayor Mike Kaufman of Aurora. Up next, I'm in for George. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com